Welcome to the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in cross country, track and field, road running, triathlon, and trail running in the state of Iowa. And now, from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Ferguson. My guest this morning is the race director of a relay that is called the longest relay in the world. And it's right in our back door. And it is held every June when we don't have a pandemic. It's the Relay Iowa. And it's a 339-mile event that goes from Sioux City to Dubuque. And I have uh, the board of director and also the, the director on my show today, Jeff Meese. Welcome to the program, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I, uh, this is an event that Relay Iowa I've wanted to do for a few years now. It, it's piqued my interest, but I've got, I've got two kids and, and it's just hard for me to get away for a whole weekend. I, I, I feel guilty leaving my family for a weekend, but it's something that's definitely on my radar for the future. Um, and uh, I always thought it was a unique event. Um, tell me how you got started uh, with, this, with this. Definitely. I um, was on the board of directors with Restoring Hope International, um, and I joined their group in 2015. And Relay Iowa has just been a, a big part of um, one of the fundraisers that happens here locally in Iowa for RHI. And it was just a connection we wanted to strengthen. So I offered to join the board of Relay Iowa in October of 2016, just to kind of help bridge the connection between RHI and Relay Iowa. And, you know, just absolutely fell in love with Relay Iowa and what it's doing and how it started and everything you know, it does and its uniqueness. I mean, it's definitely a unique event and have been with it ever since. See, I do uh, I do market to market relay every May, so so I, I I do love relays. This event is like market to market on steroids. It's, it's, <laughs> it's three long days, and you pretty much have to get to three different uh, two different spots along the way, um, and it goes all along Highway Twenty, correct? For the most part, yeah, we keep the same route each year. It's just been really helpful to build the relationships with the cities we go through, um, the groups that help man those checkpoints for us. And we try and, I don't know, we try and keep the runners safe and off major roads and some enjoy the gravel and some enjoy the back roads. Some prefer the pavement. It is, it is something to behold to be on an, an Iowa country road in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day when there's just no one around you except, you know, cornfields and, it's just a beautiful scene. You really get to see all of Iowa in one weekend. And you get to hear the crickets in your ear. And <laughs> we, yeah, we have a spot. Um, there's actually a spot nicknamed Critter Run because you run through it in the middle of the night and all you see is, you know, your headlamp shines on the little eyes and you see something scurry across the road as you're going down this rock road and you just kind of have to just keep your eyes looking ahead and not get too worried about what might pop out at you in the middle of the night. So it's, 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 it's a leg that people can, you know, brag about that they did critter run. Okay. Um, 
and, and you have overnight stops, uh, a couple of them, uh, where are those located? Well, it's really, I was unique in the sense that we have checkpoint cities that we have, you know, throughout the beginning to end, but we don't really necessarily call them overnights in the sense that oh. everyone stops you, your team starts on a Friday and you keep running till Sunday. And typically if your group isn't running, you're sleeping or eating or maybe enjoying some of the local items like the field of dreams or something, but we don't stop and camp, but we do have spots where teams can, you know, find a rest or take a shower or get food, all those yeah. things. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking Yeah, on that. And, uh, and you're, uh, pretty much a lot of these teams keep coming back every year. Um, they're 12 person teams, correct? That, that yeah. do the QA. So, um, we, yeah, the, the, the cap is 12. Up to 12. We had a, we had a four person team one year. That was impressive because <laughs> that's, I mean, you divide 339 by four, you realize how much, you know, people ran in one weekend. Um, and with limited sleep. Yes. Yeah. There's not a lot of time to sleep when you're up <laughs> yeah, you're in a few good. miles, but we, we have a dedicated, we have a really dedicated group of runners that come back year after year and have supported us. Um, you know, some have been with us all 11 years and it is absolutely amazing to see them come back and they were very anxious to see this event take place this year after we had to cancel last year. Right. Uh, I wanted to get into that. Um, now, last year uh, was Bill and uh, was, was Bill Rain still? Uh, uh, is he still the director at that time? He's the founder. Him and his late wife Jill. Yes, they they started in two thousand nine, and then um, Bill kind of stepped away after year 10 2019 so he was okay uh he was going to be a small part of 2020 and kind of handing over the reins to us for 2021 okay. but since 2020 didn't happen he's you know moved on to some other adventures here and left it up to the rest of us to maintain and keep going i i did want to touch on their impact of this race obviously they founded it um and yeah, going um, talk about uh, how how uh, impactful they've been for this uh, for this relay Iowa. Oh, it is. You know, Bill is um, is just larger than life, and had brought this idea back from South Africa after he visited uh, Restoring Hope Village in, in Welcome, South Africa, and wanted to raise money for that orphanage. And he always jokes, you know, he spent more money the first year than he actually donated back to the orphanage, but it has grown. And I think that's one of the things I love the most is, you know, somebody had an idea and wanted to do something and said, I'm going to organize a relay across Iowa. And the first year were four teams. And in 2019, I think we had 42 teams. So you know, they really took this idea to heart and it just became something more than them. I think that's uh, a dream we all have is the legacy that this Bill's able to step away and this thing keeps going. Okay. It's amazing. 
Was, was he a runner then? Uh, oh, what? How to get the idea of the relay himself? Um, I mean, he he doing a run. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Uh, did he have the? Where did he get the idea for this uh, to do a running uh, event? Ah, uh, that one. I guess I'm not sure how he picked. I mean, he's done five Ks and stuff like that. And I'm not sure why he picked running. So he does it. Other than, yeah. Okay. Because I've never met. Ragbri him. Yeah, Ragbri was already on bicycle, so I guess he picked the the next level. Well, yeah, that is. I mean, that's a natural progression there. Because uh, runners like to have challenges, of course. Are you a runner then? Is that how you got involved? In the nope, I do. I am not a, a a runner. I mean, I I love the like adventure type runs and things like that, but just straight running has never been my um, favorite thing. But I do love the event and being a part of it and everything that uh, happens. And I just I always joke, you know, it takes Ragbri a whole week to get across to Iowa, and it only takes us a weekend. Yeah. So it shows how impressive these runners are. I don't think I could keep up with them. Yeah, it's, uh, it takes certainly a lot of dedication. So how does this break down then? 12, uh, 12 runners, uh, do they generally have, um, what, what's typical for most teams? Does somebody run for half an hour, uh, an hour? That's one of the, so typically if you had a team of 12, you'd probably put, um, you know, six people in one vehicle and six people in another, or maybe have a third car there. And one group would start out and they would just run. And we organize ourselves in a way that we don't have legs in the sense that you have to run so far or for so long. So if you wanted to get out and run a mile and the next person ran a mile, or if you wanted to get out and run 20 miles and then the next person got out and ran two and the next person got out and ran 10, we let you decide. So that's, that's totally up to each team, how they want to organize it. Some do it by time, some do it by distance and they're on their own. We just have certain spots that we call pit stops that your team has to be at a certain location uh, to make sure that you finish on time. So if you're falling behind, we might ask you just to drive ahead drive to ahead. make sure you get there in time. And there are teams that do not meet that every year. Is that, um, that's safe to say that yeah we have a well we have a if i'm following you we have a couple teams uh high schoolers that we actually have to slow them down that's the funny part mm -hmm. we'll have some teams we have to slow them down because they just get out and go and we have a few teams we have to try and keep them moving you know especially if someone gets injured i mean there's nothing worse than somebody on your team getting hurt twisting an ankle, you know, a knee, and suddenly they just don't feel like running. So someone else who thought they had a, an hour off maybe only has 20 minutes of a break before they got to run again. So that can sometimes wear a team down. Those darn teenagers with their young legs. Oh. They, uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they just, they just run. And when they're done, they just smile. And they just like, you just ran six miles and you don't even look like you broke a sweat and it's amazing. So yeah, we, we try and connect with a lot of cross country teams because I think it's a good way for those teams to bond and to stay in shape over the summer before their season starts. So we, we do attract a few of them 
we're always looking for more. Okay. And these are roads that you pretty much are running. I think we kind of touched on it, but they're more or less protected from, from traffic as much as possible. We try to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's some major, I mean, as we connect on, I mean, you said it highway 20, there's times we're on that. Um, but we also try and deviate a little bit and get them off. Um, so yeah, depending on the weather, it can be kind of dusty. We've had some years where it's really dry and the dust from the gravel people would prefer to be on the highways because the amount of dust that gets kicked up. Other people like the, the peacefulness of a, a nice Iowa back road. So if I, um, I'm looking at this, uh, I assume you're probably filled up for teams for, for this year, but if I'm looking to join a team next year, what do I look at? Want to be a captain? What do I uh, have to put together? I know you uh, probably have to find a, a, our own vehicles, of course, a couple of vans. What else do I need to do? Yeah, as a captain, you know, we look for you to you get signed up and start the team and get the name out on our registration uh, page. And then just get your group of runners together that you know will be available for that weekend and can participate. And, you know, it's, it's tough cause you're going to live, you know, yeah, you're going to live out of a minivan for a few days and that can be an interesting process. So who could you be with? And we require our runners, our teams to be self-sufficient. So they'll pack all their sleeping gear and food and drinks and ice packs and all that stuff in Beyond that, you know, the captain just has to make sure he's ready to go. Okay. Um, and, and of course, this year is completely different with COVID. Um, what uh, what safety protocols are you using then for for this uh, hopefully one year only event? Uh, uh, year yeah, this was a a big discussion because we were, you know, trying to make some decisions back in March and April about June and weren't really sure what, what the world would look like in just a few months, but we limited the amount, number of teams that could join. So in the past, we, um, I think 2019, we had 42. Like I said, this year, we limited it to 25 total. Right now we have 18. So we have a cup, you know, still some spots open if people wanted to join. Okay. And we've just tried to manage like the start line you know, we only need the captain and the beginning runner versus the whole team. So just trying to look for areas where we can lower congestion, lower the number of people that might be gathering in one spot, especially multiple teams. You know, ideally the groups, the teams themselves have uh, a nice bubble of friends that they can be with. But, you know, we want to limit how much the teams interact with each other if they choose to be apart from other teams you know we've got mask requirements for our staff and the volunteers and talk with the checkpoints and making sure that they have mitigation efforts in place so it is it's unique because now as we turn into turn the corner into june you know we're seeing so many more people get vaccinated seeing things change with the state guidelines that you know hopefully people feel more and more comfortable each each day as we get closer to it. Okay. Are you encouraging or requiring masks in the van while they travel? Is that kind of a 
encouraging. It's, it's an yeah. option. Okay. Yeah, for the runners themselves in the vans, um, you know, we, we talked a lot about that, but one of the things that we were trying to figure out, it's, it's a tough thing to police because they're, yeah. again, out there on the road by themselves and we wanted to be realistic in how we approach this and just we asked them to be self-sufficient in so many other areas when it comes to food and sleep and health and safety in general, that this was another thing that we like, you know, you guys need to take care of yourself and do what, what needs to be done as well. Yeah. Cause the last thing you want to do is uh, have somebody infect the whole van. Definitely. Problem. Then you've, and you've turned your event into a super spreader event. And then that's yeah, we want to make sure you avoid that. And that's, that's not where we felt comfortable because we don't, you know, like Ragbri has, you know, stops where everyone gathers together, you know, at a city where we don't gather. Um, teams pass through sure. the different checkpoints, different cities. So there's really not a spot where everybody comes together except the start and the end. Very much staggered based on pace, obviously. Yes. So, yeah, for sure. Um, and you also, um, so you are uh, taking individual people. If there's somebody listening to this podcast uh, saying, you know, I want to join a team. Um, there's once in a while, a, a, a team has a need. They have an opening. Um, they'll say, um, I need a runner. And you can still yeah, just definitely, you know, connect with us through our Facebook page or through our website. And we can do our best, you know, we're, we're trying, we're, we're a little hesitant, you know, matchmaking, just putting people, strangers with other groups, um, just cause we're not sure how comfortable people may be uh, getting in a vehicle with somebody else they don't know, but we do have our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group where captains can reach out to other runners, runners can reach out to other teams and kind of to see who needs somebody. Um, we also offer, for the first time this year, a virtual way to join the relay. So you can essentially create a team and run at home and amongst yourselves work to cover the 339 miles on your own. So we have a group in just outside of um, Chicago in Illinois, and they have a little route mapped out in this neighborhood oh. outside one of our board of directors house and he he has a team that they're going to do it virtually so they'll they'll complete 339 miles but they'll be on a virtual course participating over the weekend so we want to make sure everybody could be a part of it um, and still feel safe but yeah if somebody wants to get involved you know reach out through facebook or website we'll do our best okay yeah the virtual option is very interesting for people because there are you know we I, during the last year there's been marathons that have been held virtually of course and so you're uh, trying to jump into that um, sector as well yeah and, and that, be able to get some people from other states that want to want to do it and that that's the hope is that we could maybe get get a few folks that might not be able to travel or you know because it is a long weekend. You know, you got to take some time off to be there on a Friday and you're gone all weekend and get done on a Sunday night. Maybe virtually could help with that and just being at home, being outside in a local trail and participate with a group. It could be around the world, you know. 
Absolutely, yeah. You might have, you might be able to grow the event even more um, by doing this um, potentially. Um, so what time do you kick off on Friday uh, over in Sioux City? Right along the river. Yeah, river? right along the river there. It's uh, the monument park that we take off from. Um, I know that. And well. let's see. I don't think we have our pace times yet for this year, but typically we'll start the first team about 5.30. So we ask each team to submit their pace time, how long they think they would average out a mile per runner. And we'll factor that in to say, if you need to finish on Sunday afternoon in Dubuque, what time should you start in Sioux City? And so we'll have teams taken off at 5.30 in the morning and those high schoolers, they may not take off till two in the afternoon on Friday because they're going to catch up. And we actually see that where it's just kind of fun to watch them on our map as the teams progress where those teams started late. That high school team started the last, but they'll eventually catch up and pass and finish first in Dubuque. It is a yeah. It is a lot like uh, market to market in that respect, as they do the same thing. They stagger their yep part times the same way. Last shall be first, as they say. Yes. So <laughs> it's good that the teenagers have to start off last. Make them wait a little bit. Yeah. So make make them. Bad. Yeah, that's kind of fun for them. I'll bet uh, chasing down other teams trying to. Yeah, we have a we have a few folks. I mean, they it's great because they they decorate their vehicles. We you know have car paint to put the names on it. But they'll some teams will keep track of how many people they pass, how many teams they pass. Um, you know, it, it's it's a relay, not a race. That's a big tagline for us. So we don't challenge anybody to be there by a certain time or anything like that. We'll record your time, but we want you to just enjoy it. And it doesn't matter. We still have some competitive folks out there that just love to see how well they can do compared to somebody else. So I don't blame them. Enjoy the journey. Do you have uh, like a, like a spirit award or something like that? Who, who decorates the, the vans the best or anything like that? No, we haven't really got into much of that stuff. You know, in years past, you know, we're always looking for fun ideas, new ways to celebrate the teams. Um, people love the consistency of the event, and you know, they're also like, what's new this year? So we're always trying to come up with some new ideas. Okay. Do you have anything new that you want to point out? Uh, <laughs> this, you, year, this year, this year is just, we're happy we're there. We're impressed. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be the big celebration when the teams start and finish, and we did it in person. So that'll be the big thing this year. And like I said, hopefully this will just be a one-year-only type of thing uh, for sure. Uh, there is some definite gear you need. Um, some of the ultra runners will know this. You need, you know, like headlamp. Um, what else? What other kind of things that uh, each runner needs uh, as gear specifically for this event? Specifically, we just require each team to have something that lights up at night. So we promote like, you know, the lighted vests 
or the, the headlamps are great for running at night, but something that a car could see from both sides, front and back. Mm. Um, that's probably the only major requirement is the safety gear that we would require you to have so you can be seen at night. Yeah. We offer or we'll provide them a GPS um, baton, essentially, that they'll carry on the runner so that we can always track the runner on the course and you know people can watch at home and see where their, their team is at or their runner's at. But beyond that, you know, we, we suggest obviously the running gear and the food, the sleeping, the first aid, all those things that you would need to have in your vehicle. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I didn't think, does, does runner uh, run in front of the vehicle then? Is that? Uh... So we, <clears throat> excuse me, we encourage that, uh, you know, you would drop off your run at a certain spot and let's say the runner agrees, I'm going to go two miles. So the van usually would just drive ahead two miles and wait for them. And that's where the next runner would meet them and hand off their GPS baton and they'd pick up runner one and runner two take off. And maybe the van would drive ahead another, uh, two miles and they just kind of leapfrog or relay essentially that way. That's where we get the relay part where they just change out runners um, and we don't necessarily encourage a van to follow their runner close unless maybe it is bad weather or at night, you know, sometimes at night we want the vans to stay a little bit closer, especially with the turns. I mean, the signs are lighted and reflective and all those things, but we want to make sure that your runner makes every turn, doesn't miss a spot, even though it's kind of a straight shot across the state. There's a couple spots you got to catch that turn or you might end up in the wrong city. <laughs> no. Oh no. Yeah, you don't want to run extra here. It's yeah, so that's hard. it's hard enough. Yeah. And we we've had a couple runners like just miss a turn just for whatever reason they missed the turn and they they ran a few extra miles and we just say, "You know what? Just drive ahead that number of miles and start from there cuz you earned it. You got your <laughs> you know, you ran a couple 8 miles extra. Well, that you know it's terrible we'll double check the signs and then just drive ahead and start from there okay yeah when i posed that question i was thinking more at night about the safety of the runners whether that was something that yeah, obviously during the day you you, you don't want the, the vehicle to be a hazard whether uh, you want to move now so that, that, that was my question i guess was uh yeah more so yeah which we want the reflective gear you can run with a partner too if you want to run with a partner at night that a lot of teams like to do that okay um, mostly you just see the vans just go you know maybe a quarter mile ahead or something where they can be seen by the runner okay um and and again um let's talk about um the charity that you're running for, the Restoring Hope International, um, they're out of South Africa. What do they do um, for somebody who just wants to donate? Uh, maybe not so, uh, run in it. Restoring Hope International was started by a couple here from Iowa, um, Brian and Lois Niehoff. And, you know, they really saw a need at the time for a lot of kids that were just impacted by the AIDS epidemic where families were just, you know, 
being devastated by that. And, you know, parents, you know, we say it's an orphanage, but you'd be surprised how many kids actually have parents that are still alive. They just cannot afford to take care of the child. And so they created a safe space that these kids can live, live at, they take them to school, you know, they raise them in group homes. So you might have a home of five or six boys of a certain age range with a house mom. So really creating an environment that is beyond what you might think of like an orphanage from little Annie or something like that. And they raise these kids up and it's not something where the reason I got involved is their goal is not to, you know, raise kids up to get adopted by someone else. Their goal is to raise these kids up at the village and to be productive, uh, God-loving people in their community and to give back to their community. And so the kids go to school there. They get, you know, they'll eventually grow up and get jobs there and participate in the community. And that's what's so great about restoring hope is how they focus on the, the kids in the community and what they're doing with them. And a lot of these kids just don't get a chance, right? I mean, they, they, they just start off on the back foot right away. Yeah, it's, it is, yeah. it is humbling. I got a chance to actually go visit the village in 2017. Oh. And one of the sites they take you to is a local cemetery and they show you, you know, the Brian was showing me, where they had pre-dug graves for kids. I mean, they, they just, they knew they would need them. And so they had graves already ready for kids that they knew wouldn't make it. And that just, that's heartbreaking when you, you're in an environment that they're struggling that much. And yeah, you, you can't, you can't, help everybody, but they're doing their part to help the kids that are a part of their village and raising them up. And hopefully those kids can eventually get back to the community. And this was, that's how really Iowa came about. Bill wanted to do something for those kids, wanted to help those kids. And he came back home and said, this is something we can do. And we have really, Iowa has given a um, couple hundred, how much total? Yeah. Maybe you can tell, uh, um over a hundred thousand over over the years i mean we've been doing this this is our 11th year uh this june and so over those 10 years in the past i would safely say over a hundred thousand i mean they they've dedicated a house in jill's name for all that the rains have done for them it's just tremendous and that, that, that money goes a long way in africa sure yes and, and we also, and, and we've expanded, you know, the charities, if you go to the website, you can see that we support uh, local charities here. We support the charities that help us along the, the route, um, anywhere from local Kiwanis club to a Boy Scout troop. So, you know, really dedicated to helping groups that support families and kids here in Iowa, here in central, um, the central you know, part of the U.S. and around the world in South Africa. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to kind of go back to the relay and, and uh, how many, uh, ask you if there's been any uh, 
like funny, lighthearted moments during the relay where something um, really unexpected has happened? Or have you been with the organization long enough to um, experience something unusual along the way? We, the, the, the groups have so much fun, just the teams themselves. And it's amazing to see the pictures because, you know, as much as you're on the road with them and out there, and you'd think you'd see everything. You see pictures where teams are um, doing handstands in a cornfield, uh, yeah. running around the bases at the Field of Dreams. Um, I think they're doing the cornfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll have. There's a guy that likes to run barefoot, which is just amazing to watch. <laughs> there's a, a guy out there in just a speedo and waving at the cars driving by. Um, it's just a, a, an amazing group of runners from all different um, types of, you know, we get, we got marathoners and people who haven't run since junior high and um, every age range from high schoolers to those that folks that are retired. It, it, I think it's something that really truly embodies, you know, Iowa. Um, What's the what's the breakdown of the uh, people that you get uh, from Iowa as opposed to other states? Is it uh, well Iowa centric or, or is it pretty pretty mixed? It's pretty mixed. I don't have the updated numbers, but we do get a, a good mix from um, our neighboring states. So you know, considering we start in Sioux City and end in Dubuque, one of our board members, um, Greg Schrobelgen, who's Jill's brother. Um, you know, Jill got her whole family involved in this relay. Uh, Greg brings a big group from Illinois and they have a, a huge running community over there. So we'll get folks from Illinois. We'll get folks from Nebraska. Um, gosh, we got a team one year from Oregon. They found out about us and like, we got to do it. And they came out and it was just amazing. Like you just, you see the license plate and you're like, wait, seriously, how did you hear about us? Um, so it is, it's, it's a, it's a good mix from not just Iowa. Okay. And, uh, and it's the, uh, and they call it the world's longest relay. Um, I don't know uh, if you have to get Guinness, uh, book of world records <laughs> to verify that or not. Yeah. I just always. Head to, am... coast, head to coast might, might, might be challenging on you on that. I'm not sure. I'm I'm always nervous if a, another state tries to do something, and you know if Texas ever tries to organize something like this, they would definitely beat us out. But so far, exactly. If you know a bigger state or if California were to have one north to south, then you'd probably be beaten. So, um, so um, I guess. Uh, maybe we can talk about your uh, website, how to contact you. What's your, uh, what's your website? Uh, RelayIA.org. Is that where you can find all this? RelayIA.org. You can find out everything about the Relay. You can contact us if you're interested in donating or participating. You can learn more about the charities and everything that we've done. It's a great spot. And we, we would love, you know, any of the runners that, our listeners podcast, you know, check it out. And if this year, I know it's just a few weeks away and you might think you might not be ready, but definitely put this on your bucket list. That's always yeah. something that 
I say to anybody I meet, like this has got to be an Iowa bucket list. Yeah, this is this is on mine for sure. Um, this is something I want to do. So you'll be seeing me somewhere down the road. Um, Wonderful. One of these years, I I, I definitely want to do it. So and I hopefully uh, will inspire some other uh, people to do it. I I know a lot of runners community and hopefully um, some of them will, will pique their interest in doing this um, yeah definitely share share the the name of relay iowa out there because that's um you just it's one of those things you just got to get your name out there and people to hear about it and people to kind of get past the idea of 339 miles and say you know what we could do this with 12 people definitely well be a lot of fun it breaks down to about a marathon per person. So over three days, it's, uh, for a lot of runners, that's not uh, uh, too hard to do. Um, the, yeah, definitely. Have some fun along the way. Get some free pancakes and spaghetti. It'll be worth it. Oh, you got some. You got meals too as well that you, at these checkpoints. Is that? Um, kind of- yeah, we have a couple of groups that you know, we partner with and they'll host, um, meals. So, you know, like Saturday morning, restoring hope, some of their volunteers that are still here in Iowa will host a big pancake breakfast and it's free to all the runners, all the teams. And we have, uh, a boy scout group in kind of the, the Eastern part towards Epworth that will host a spaghetti dinner. So, we, we have a lot of fun with the groups that help us as well and take care of the runners. That's great. Okay. And it's, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, you get a great exercise the weekend and uh, they have uh, a great cause, uh, several causes for, for Relay Iowa. So a lot of reasons to do this. I uh, thank you for your time, Jeff. And thank you. Relay org. They're also on Facebook. You can find them there. Thanks for coming on the show, Jeff. And good luck. Thanks. Uh, June, yes. June 6th. Good luck with your event. All right. Thank you.